Hello, Hokonui. Welcome to my kitchen. Of all the areas in this house here, this would be the busiest area that we have. This is the area where we prepare food. This is the area where we eat. This is the area when visitors come to visit us or family come over, uh, that we congregate around this particular area here and have a cup of tea together. So I thought it would be appropriate, really, that I stand in the kitchen and come and share with you just a little devotion, a little thought that has been running through my mind over the last couple of weeks. We're into alert level three now, and little by little we're heading back to uh, our normal lives. Now what that looks like when we get there, well, that's anyone's guess. There are going to be a few changes and there's going to be some hard times for some people and some people let's maybe carry on with business as usual. But for all of us and as a country, it's definitely going to be different. But it also means that as a church, we get to come back together into fellowship. And in a couple of weeks' time, maybe, Lord willing, we get to come together just to be together again in fellowship and to pray together and to sing together. Uh, to laugh together, to open God's word together and to have God's word just, uh, just shared with us as a family, as a family in Christ. Our children get to go to Sunday school and just learn those little wee things there in Sunday school and those important things as they grow into their Christian lives that they will, that will be dear to them. And I've always loved that Old Testament verse where iron sharpens iron. We come together and we sharpen one another with encouragement. We sharpen one another with prayers and we sharpen one another with just the sheer joy of being in Christian fellowship with our Lord Jesus Christ and with our sovereign God. The one thing that I missed over those uh, these last five weeks and probably the next week or two is the you know, within the fellowship is the breaking of bread. That is the one thing I have missed. Great is the breaking of bread and the taking of the cup together in the remembrance of our Lord Jesus Christ. And when we come back together again, I'm looking forward to that time where as a fellowship and as a company of God's people, we get to break that bread together again. Just a few thoughts just for this uh, today. I was thinking of the new terminologies, and Andrew made mention of these last week of some of these terminologies the lockdown, for instance, that's not a new terminology, but within our normal talk, it's sort of quite interesting that lockdown is one of those daily uh, words that we use now, and it's quite often social distancing on TV and all other types of things. Even when you're walking down the street, you're just aware of the social distancing that's uh, happening around the place where you just stay within your bubble, which is another new word that's around and through there and we keep ourselves safe. It's all the things that are coming in through there. Now, we've always had emergency services, but essential services, that's another phrase or another terminology that's also come out in through there, and that sort of applies to the essential services that we need to survive. So I guess we're looking at Countdown and Pack and Save and all those supermarkets in through there, dairies, superettes, uh, pharmaceuticals, uh, and all those types of things that are essential services, emergency services and essential services uh, can be combined. So if you're looking at nursing and doctors, police, uh, armed forces, all those 
other services that we know well, St. John's, the air ambulance has flown over quite a few times above our house. Uh, they're emergency services and they're being very, very busy as well and preparing for all sorts of things. Um, so those are sort of phrases and terminologies that we seem to be coming up with. But the word I want us to look at today, and it's not a phrase, it's just a word, is the word forgiveness. And that's one of those words we have not heard for a, a while over these five weeks over the airways or anywhere, anywhere else is forgiveness. So I thought I might have a look at that word because I think it's a lovely word, forgiveness, and what it means maybe to you and definitely what it means to me. So I had a look at uh, the life of Joseph over the last couple of weeks, and Joseph, he didn't have it easy, there's no doubt. And from the age of 17 through to 30, Joseph will be uh, sold. His attitude towards his brothers at a young age, at 17, was um, probably not the best. And if you want to be in with your family and make a good impression, well, Joseph didn't really do that. And so when he went looking for his brothers, oh, the other thing was he also knocked on his brothers to his father. So Joseph at that stage there was, uh, yeah, probably a little bit out with his attitude, maybe. But what was interesting with all of that was his brothers hated him. And so you know the story. They saw him coming, they grabbed him, they threw him into a pit. And then they sold him into slavery. And from 17 years, somewhere around there, to about 30 years of age, he would be uh, sold into slavery and he would be a slave all his life He would for that time there and he would be thrown into jail. Uh, for a brief time, he was at in Potiphar's house and he ran that household until Potiphar's wife came along and then that was the end of that and then straight back into prison. Uh, he met a baker and then he met a um, butler and one of the things that God had given to Joseph was to be able to interpret dreams. And so that's what he did in through that part. But in those times that he was there, both Potiphar and both the prison guard noticed and knew that God was with Joseph and everything Joseph did would prosper in his hand. So Joseph was given quite good responsibility within those times. As I looked into that particular part there, it just fascinated me that in this time here was his uh, apprenticeship. Um, if I'm looking at it from a building point of view. And in that time, he learned how to trust God, how to uh, manage people, how to manage items, how to manage all types of things in through there. And he was very, very successful, both in Potiphar's house and again in the prison. And then at the age of 30, he would come out of that area there and he would meet Pharaoh. And then Pharaoh would make him number two in the country and run the country. So in that time there of that 13 years, there's that time there where you've been sold by your brothers. You've been grabbed, you've been thrown into a pit. You've had your favourite jacket that your father has given to you, taken off you, and then you've been sold into slavery, and that must play on your mind. There is a little wee uh, verse in, through Genesis that just talks about that when the anguish of uh, Joseph when he was in the pit and not wanting to be sold into slavery. So that's got to be hard on a young fellow. 
Now, we know that in the next seven years in the interpretation of Pharaoh's dream that it's going to be a great time to prosper for the country of Egypt. But in the next following seven years, it's going to be the time when they will really, really struggle and a drought will come through right the way through the land and through the world. And so Joseph is ordered to to prep the country and get ready for this great famine coming. And he does. He does it very, very well, better than anyone else. And in that time, he will catch up with his brothers again. And you know what the story is. They come and they didn't recognise him. Could have been out of fear as well, because when you go up to the number two person in the country, the last thing you do is you look someone in the eye. You keep your head down and you just hope and pray that this guy or this person in front of you who has a lot of power will just show grace and mercy upon you and your family. When it comes to the end of the uh, story and Joseph has revealed himself to his brothers and then he's gone and he's got his father and he's brought his father back to Egypt and all his brothers and all their families, just a great multitude of people have come through. They settle into the country. Now it's time for Jacob to die. And Jacob wants to be taken back to where his family is buried, where Abraham and Sarah are buried, where Isaac and Rebecca are buried, and now where he has buried uh, Leah. And so Jacob is taken back there and he is buried with his family in through there. Now, this is the part I want to have a look at in through here. After he's been buried, Joseph's brothers get together. And this is what happens in the very last chapter of Genesis and chapter 50. And I'm going to just briefly read verse 15. It says this. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will hate us and may actually repay us all for the evil which we did to him. And that's a very, very fearful thing because dad's gone. And they were really worried that Joseph would repay their evil with vengeance. And when you're the number two person in Egypt, and that is one of the most powerful countries in the world at that particular time. You can do whatever you want. And so Joseph had this opportunity in through there. What I like about this particular part here is the lesson that Joseph shows to us and to me about forgiveness. So when they approach him with a messenger, this is what Joseph, this is Joseph's attitude. Verse 17 Thus you will say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespasses of your brothers and their sins, for they did evil to you. To you, Now please forgive the trespasses of your servant of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also went and fell before his face. And they said, Behold, we are your servants. And Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid. For am I in the place of God? But as you, as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. Amazing lesson in forgiveness. 
when he had every right and everything within his power to strike vengeance on his brothers. He had no intention of doing that. He had the attitude that God had put him in this place for that particular reason. And he knew that God was with him. It's just an amazing thing. And I've, I love that part of that there where, where he said, do not be afraid. I was reading through the book of Luke. And there's another part of forgiveness, a very, very important, probably the most powerful part of forgiveness for us as uh, people. Now, Christ is on the cross. He's been nailed there. And we put him there. And then Luke chapter 23, he's nailed between the two criminals. He says this, When they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then Jesus said this, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. We have no right for forgiveness. Yet God loved us so much that while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. And that's us. You know, we have an opportunity and we take that opportunity regularly on a weekly basis. We haven't for the last five weeks. Is that we come together as a fellowship. When we break bread, it's not something that we do because that's what you do on Sundays. We do that because we remember our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for each and every one of us. He died for you and he died for me. And forgiveness is just an amazing thing that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Over the next couple of weeks and as we look into going down into level two, in your prayer time and in your fellowship, in the uh, ladies' prayer meetings on a Thursday evenings at 8 o'clock, May you enjoy that time together, ladies. May you pray together. May you just give thanks and praise to God. And as we as men meet you now on a Sunday at one o'clock, and you know, with all these Zoom meetings, that we also get to share in praying together, praying for the assembly, praying for each of you, you praying for us. We have so much to be thankful for because Jesus forgave us. Jesus died for our sins. May your time of fellowship in your little bubbles, in the areas that you are, may they be sweet. May you keep in contact with one another. May you uphold one another. And may, within a couple of weeks' time, we come together as a fellowship and we rejoice together and we praise together and we just enjoy that worship time together as brothers and sisters in Christ. May God bless you richly. And I look forward to the time when we break bread once again. 